fact, let's just, let's just begin this, we'll, this portion here, this message part, with uh, just take it in your hands. It may be electronic, it may be leather, paper, whatever, uh, papyrus. Just take it in your hands, and, and let's, let's just, Lord, I pray that you will now speak to me through your word. I pray that you will uh, uh, en enlarge what you want to do in us that we will look beyond just the day-to-day, -day, uh, that we will look beyond the challenges that we presently face to another day. I pray that you would reveal yourself to us through your word, and I pray that we will not only be hearers or readers of your word, but that we will, more importantly, be doers of your word. We know that this is your will, and we pray this according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I would like you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, the Gospel of John chapter 14, and for some, for some weeks we have, and you see it behind me here, for some weeks we have been looking at the word wonder as it relates to Jesus's, to Jesus's uh, uh, death and resurrection. And we've seen how the people were wondering what it meant that Jesus was alive. And then, and then we saw a person rush to the tomb, and he was, he was in wonder at what God had done. And then on the day of Pentecost, the people were wondering why people were saying what they were doing. And then they were in wonder at what was said to them. And they found it wonderful what God did on that day, and so many lives changed. This word wonder which, uh, which the, 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 in, in the New Testament language of Greek uh, is really translated into a lot of different uses in our one word for wonder. It's really quite diverse. And, and this morning, this morning I want to talk about, and you see it before you there, the wonders of heaven. Now, full disclosure, uh, you won't find the word wonders of heaven in your Bible. But I do know this, that all of the uses that we have given, uh, seen in God's word of the word wonder, all of them relate to heaven. Because now, sometimes we look at heaven, we wonder what it will be like. You don't need to raise your hands, but how many of you have ever wondered how heaven will appear? Or you've, you've wondered uh, uh, what it's going to be like to walk on those streets. Or maybe you've wondered if you're going to be there. Or maybe you've looked at someone else and you've wondered if they're going to be there. I want to talk about this morning the wonders of heaven. Now, just to focus in on that word heaven for a few moments, that the word heaven is often used... Uh, I have found somewhat loosely. Maybe you found that as well. For example, there's a beautiful beach scene, and there's a, a soft breeze and the lapping water at the seashore, and there is a, a, a woman lying on a hammock, and she sighs, and she goes, Ah, this is heaven. And a few days later, Vacation is over and she goes back to a South Dakota blizzard. Heaven didn't last very long, did it? 
I once knew a man, we were talking, this is some years ago, he was showing me his home. He had a beautiful country home alongside this beautiful placid river. And, and he looked at me and he said, Gary, this place is a little slice of heaven. And one year later, he sold it. Heaven. People use the word heaven a lot. There was an advertisement that I saw once, and, and, and it, was, uh, it was advertising an outlet mall. Some of you know what that is. How many know what an outlet mall is? <laughs> and, and, and it said this in the advertisement, shopping heaven. Now, as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, the word that comes to mind when you talk about shopping is not heaven. That's, I don't think of heaven. Heaven is used often rather loosely. When it's portrayed, when heaven is portrayed, when you see it on a screen of some size, uh, it's often white, right? It, it, it's, it's rather boring and it's kind of cloudy. How many have seen that kind of a depiction or that portrayal of heaven? You look at it and you're just going, if that's heaven, I don't know if I'm very thrilled about it. Really, almost every portrayal, it's just kind of plain and, and boring. But is heaven like any of that? I mean, really, is heaven like any of that? Shouldn't it be something more? What does the Bible tell us about heaven? So what is heaven? That's the first question I want to ask this morning. What is heaven? What is heaven? Here in John chapter 14 Jesus was talking about heaven. Now, before we read it, let me say this. Jesus had a perspective unlike anyone else who's ever lived. This is pretty simple, but you, you get it. Every one of us have a, 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 a specific beginning, and we have no ending. Right? One place or another, we're going to live forever. That the, the eternal part of us, our spirit... Is, is never going to die, but we have a definite beginning. Jesus, however, was unique. He's the, he's the Son of God. He's the second person in the Trinity, and He had no beginning. He has no end. He has always been. He is infinite. Jesus had the unique perspective. He had actually been to heaven. He had dwelled in heaven. He had seen the abode of God, and yet, yet He came to earth. So Jesus, with that unique perspective, speaking to his disciples, he said this in John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Look at this next line. In my Father's house. In my Father's house are many Rooms. One translation puts it this way, are many mansions. It's not just a room, it's a grand room. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. Here, Jesus said, heaven was the dwelling place of God, and he called it his Father's house. We intentionally sang about this uh, this morning. We, we sang earlier, in my father's house, and then we, we, this line, there's a place for me. Jesus said, and I paraphrase, uh, 
I am going to prepare a place for you in my father's house. What was he saying? He says, my father has a house. My, my father is there, and, and there's a place that I'm preparing for you. My father's house. Now, please understand, God is not confined to one place. God is everywhere. He is not only infinite in his origins. There is no origin. There is no beginning or end. He's also omnipresent. He is everywhere. But Jesus here, so that we could understand it in terms with, within our mental ability, he said, my father is there, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. So one of the things about heaven is that God is there. But Jesus also, again, said that he was going there to prepare a place for his people. He was going there to make preparations. So it's not just where God is, but it's where we can be. I want you to get that. Heaven is not just a place where God is, it's a place where we can be. My Father's house, there are many rooms, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Think of that. Jesus, I don't know, well, we, we do know the time frame, at least from our time frame. Jesus has been there for 2,000 years. He's returned to the Father. Of course, he sent his Holy Spirit, who's, who is with us. God the Spirit is with us. But, but Jesus has been preparing a place for his people for, from our time frame, 2,000 years. Now, I don't know what that's like in heaven. Time is probably immaterial in heaven. But Jesus went back there to prepare a place for us. Jesus also said heaven was a place that he was going to and would someday return from. Look at verse 3. Jesus said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, notice these words, come back. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. I want you to notice, please, there the promise. Jesus said, I am going there, but I will come back here for you. I want you to notice that promise. There are so many promises in Scripture that have already been fulfilled. This one is yet to be fulfilled, but hear me, he is going to keep his promise. Jesus is going to come back and he is going to take us so that we can be where he is. He wants us with him. Um, many of you know we have three children. One lives here in the area. Uh, two others uh, live uh, some distance away. And, and I've found something. Many of you know this more than I do. But when, when, uh, when they all start coming back, it is really special. I mean, I will do everything I can to clear the calendar because my family's going to be with me. There are times when I just absolutely long to have my family with me. It, it doesn't get much better than that. Jesus here longed, he, it, it shows here in verse 3, he longed to have his people where he is. I want you to hear that. Jesus longs to have you there with him in heaven. He longs for that. He, he, it's not just, well, he's indifferent towards it. He longs to have you in heaven. 
He wants us with him. So how do we get to heaven? There's another question. How do we get to heaven? Look at verse 5, just a couple verses later. The disciple, Thomas, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus made it very clear. He said, my Father is there in heaven. I am going there to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back and get you so that where you, where I am, there you will be also. Thomas, right, very clear question. That's great, Jesus, but where are you going and how do we know how to get there? And Jesus said, those immortal, powerful, some of the most important words in Scripture, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. He went on to say, to get to the Father, you must get there through me. Jesus made it very, very clear. There's a uh, just pretty recent, uh, l- a little bit less than five years ago, a 2016 Gallup poll, right, where they call a bunch of people and get their opinions on things. A 2016 Gallup poll revealed that 71% of Americans, it wasn't a worldwide poll, but 71% of Americans believe in heaven. 71%, by far the majority, 71% believe in, in heaven. But it also indicated that there's an overwhelming sense, the common belief, we didn't need a poll for this, but there's a common belief that to get to heaven, you get there by being good people. Some of you have encountered this. You've talked with people and maybe you've asked a leading question like, if you were to die today, do you know that you'd get to heaven? Yes or no? Well, I'm not sure. Or if you were to get to heaven, how do you think you would get there? And People often say, well, if I do you know, a lot of good things, if I'm a good person, if the, the good that I do outweighs the bad that I've done, if I'm a, a good person and I'm pleasing to God with my behavior, then I get into heaven. The problem with that is that we, the, Jesus said that we come to God through Jesus, that we go to heaven through him, and if there are any other means by which we get to heaven, then what Jesus did on the cross and through the empty tomb was absolutely unnecessary. Jesus made it very clear, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to get to the Father, you must come through me. It is probably, this statement here in John chapter 14, is perhaps one of the most provocative and to many people disturbing statements in all of Scripture, because it's exclusive. Because Jesus said, there's only one way to the Father, and it's through me. That means that any other false religion is not good enough. That means that any other belief system, regardless of how sincere one might be, is not good enough. It also means that you cannot be a good enough person to get there on your own. There's only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. That's the the power of the cross and the resurrection. So, 
So what's in heaven, right? Let's get down. Let's go back to heaven. So what is in heaven? Well, the Bible says that if you are in Christ, the Bible says your name is in heaven. If you've given your heart to Christ, then your name is there. In Luke chapter 10, verse 20, Jesus said to his followers, he said, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I kind of like that. So while you are here, your name can be there. A couple of days ago, my wife and I went to uh, Minneapolis. Joni's father was being recognized. His, her father is a retired missionary. He's been ordained for 50 years in the ministry. And so we went to celebrate with them in Minnesota where uh, they originated. And, and so we were just with them for one night. We got a hotel room, and I showed up at the room, and, uh, and I said, uh, the name is Wildman. And they said, oh, yes, Gary. So before I got there, never been to that property before, before I got to the hotel, my name was there. I had a room reserved. Jesus said, rejoice in that your names are written down in heaven. So let me ask you this question. Don't shout it out, but just ponder this question. Do you have a reservation? Is your name written down? You're not there yet, but is your name there? Is your name in heaven? Do you know for sure that when you show, do you have the confidence, not arrogance, not, uh, not presumption, but do you have the confidence that when you die and you stand before God, that your name is there, that the reservation has been made through Jesus Christ? Is your name in heaven? You're not there yet, but is your name in heaven? If you are in Christ, the Bible says you have an inheritance in heaven. You have an inheritance. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says, We have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Now, you understand what an inheritance. An inheritance is something you receive when someone dies. Right? And that's always, almost always through relationship. You have a parent or a, a brother or a sister or a grandparent or a rich uncle, I don't know, or something. I mean, you, but, but in their will or in their last wishes, it was their desire that when they died, you get something. But it's almost always because you have some kind of a relationship with them. Again, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to keep probing this. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? So that when you die, see this is where it differs. Usually you get an inheritance when someone else dies. Do you have an inheritance coming when you die because you are in Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with him? It says that this inheritance is imperishable. It's unspoiled. It's unfading. That's a good kind of an inheritance. So we have an inheritance in heaven. If we're in Christ, the Bible says we have a reward in heaven. In Luke chapter 6, verse 23, Jesus said when we are, specifically he said, when we are persecuted for our faith in Christ, we are to rejoice because great is your reward in heaven. Isn't that interesting how some people, they, they look at, boy, when somebody pushes back, 
When somebody pushes back because you serve Jesus Christ, when someone belittles you, when, when, when someone hurts you, when someone threatens you, when you, when you experience that tension because you're a follower of Jesus Christ, a lot of times people go, oh, woe is me. But, but understand what Jesus said. Rejoice, get excited, he said, when you are persecuted, knowing that because of that, you get a reward in heaven. Uh, I don't know exactly what that reward is going to look like. And I don't know if it's the size of the mansion or the room, the whatever. I don't know if, you know. But, but, but I know this, that some of the people that have been persecuted the most will receive the most when they get to heaven. And speaking of reward, I need to add this. Jesus said, even if we give something as small as a cup of water in his name, we will receive a reward. But I need to add this. There are some things that we do here that we will never receive the reward here, but we will receive the reward there. There are a lot of people who are expecting recognition and reward and respect for what they do for Jesus here. And I got some news for you. It's good and bad news. It's bad in the sense that you may never receive the recognition or the reward or the respect for what you do here in this life. But even if you did receive it here, you will only enjoy that reward for a relatively short period of time. But what we do in Jesus' name and what we do when we are persecuted, we will enjoy that reward for eternity. To me, that's a better deal. And I say that because some of you are like, I've never been recognized for what I've done. I've never received a reward for what I've done for, for Christ. You may not here, but you will receive it. Jesus said you will receive it there if you're in Christ. Let me add that Jesus said we have treasures in heaven. Luke chapter 12 verse 33 says we can have a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Now think of that. There are no market crashes in heaven. There's no inflation in heaven. Come on, can I get an amen? There are no taxes in heaven. Hallelujah. There's no depreciation in heaven. There are no thieves in heaven. The treasure that you lay up there will never be taken away from you. And again, you, like the reward, you will enjoy them for eternity. It's security. You know, I, I always get a kick out of some banks. They put the word security in there. You know, first security bank or uh, first federal security and loan or something like that. It's not secure. But I have a treasure laid up in heaven that is secure that no one will ever take away. We have citizenship in heaven. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm an American citizen. You may be a citizen of another country. I'm very grateful for my citizenship. But I tell you what, I hold citizenship in heaven. 
And when this nation is long over, when this nation, your nation, is long gone, I am a part of a kingdom that will endure forever. And my allegiance is there more than here. Heaven will be more glorious than we can imagine. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul gave when God gave Paul a glimpse of heaven, Paul said it was, and he used the word, inexpressible. The Bible says that heaven's streets are paved with gold, its walls are made of precious stones, and its gates are made of pearl, but it's Jesus I can't wait to see when I get to heaven. Think of that. The one who died for me, one, one of the persons here at church, before Sunday school, I was talking with them, and they said, I can't wait to see Jesus in heaven. I said, yes, that's what I'm looking forward to more than anything. I want to see Jesus in heaven. The one who died for me, the one who died for you, the one who rose from the dead for me and for you, the one who gave his all, we're going to see him face to face. If you die before I do, and you're there in heaven, and, and then I die, and I come to heaven. If I get there, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm just saying, if, if I get there, and you see me, and you're excited to see me, and I walk right past you, just go, you're going to have to get over it, because it's not you that I'm really looking forward to seeing. It's Jesus. It's my Savior. The one who died for me. I'm going to see him. I'm going to fall at his feet. Again, there's no time in heaven, but I don't care how much. I, I, I've got eternity to do everything else. I can't wait to see Jesus. I heard a guy say once, he says, Wow, he says, in heaven, I can't wait. There's going to be a beautiful pond with big fish. I don't care about the fish. Well, there'll be some good things. Don't get me wrong. It, more, Paul said again, it's inexpressible. But it's Jesus. No. I am looking forward to those who've gone before us. I am. I look forward to seeing godly people from the Bible. The people that we read about. We're going to see them in heaven. The people who have died throughout history who were followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to meet them. We're going to be with them. We're going to live just down a golden street from them in heaven. And if they too were followers of Jesus, hear me. You will see a beloved father or mother. In heaven, waiting to see you will be a brother or a sister or grandparents, precious friends who've gone before us. Some of you here this morning or listening this morning will see a husband or a wife who loved Jesus and is now with Jesus but who passed before you. You will be reunited with them. Some of you here this morning 
are looking forward to seeing that child that is in heaven. Oh, heaven's going to be wonderful. But I want to see your face in heaven. I really do. I want to see you in heaven. And of course, I don't know everyone here this morning. I certainly don't know everyone who's following us electronically. But I want you to hear me. I want to see you in heaven. I want you to be there. Jesus wants you to be there. He says, I want you to be where I am. I want you to be in heaven. I want to see your face there. I, I, I want to sit al alongside that, that, that tree of life and sit in its shade. And, and, and I, want to, I want to see you there. I want to walk beside that, that stream. I, I want to walk those streets of gold with you. I don't care about all of those things as much as I want to see you there. My friends, when was the last time you heard somebody talking about heaven? I mean really describing it from the Word. But I want you to know we have so much awaiting us in heaven. But also, have you ever wondered what will not or what won't be in heaven? Revelation chapter 21 verse 4 says, In heaven God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Glory to God, in heaven you will never again stand at a graveside and say goodbye. In heaven you will never again hear the results of a biopsy. In heaven you will never wonder if you have strength for another day. In heaven you will never again receive heartbreaking news. In heaven there will be no more temptation. There will be no more sin. There will be no more broken bodies or weakened minds or regrets over the past or concerns over the future. I can't wait to get to heaven. Come on. How many here are looking forward to heaven? How many here are looking forward to heaven? And I don't mean a nice little house upon a stream or a, 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 an oceanfront property where you sigh and say this is a heaven and then you, you leave a few days later. But I mean... We're going to be there and we're going to experience Him. I'm looking forward to heaven. Maybe you've wondered, when do we go to heaven? When do we go to heaven? In Luke chapter 23, Jesus said to the man hanging beside Him on another cross, Jesus said, I say unto you, today you will be with me in paradise. That net, Two things about that line. Jesus said, it's going to happen today. You're not going to go into soul sleep. You're not going to go into a state of suspended animation. Today, you are going to be with me where? Paradise. How many think that sounds pretty good? And I'm not talking, Lynn, I'm not talking about Hawaii. It's a better paradise than Hawaii. Joni, it's better than Costa Rica. It's better, it's better than wall drug. I'm telling you, it's paradise. It's paradise. It's more wonderful than words can describe. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 tells us that when a Christian becomes absent from their body, they become present with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 tells us, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven 
with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise. Their bodies, their spirit will already be in heaven, but their bodies, what's left of their bodies will be resurrected and they will be raised up. Verse 17, and after that, this is for the precious, gifted, privileged few who will still be living during Jesus' at Jesus' return. Verse 17, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Man, heaven's going to be good. What an amazing day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face and sing the powers of his grace. I want you to notice there, while that's still on the screen, I want you to notice the last word of that verse. It says, say it with me, forever. Say it again. Forever. It's an important word. My, uh, my wife and I uh, will sometimes watch those um, home flipping shows. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, buy a house cheap, fix it up, experience marital discord, then sell it at a profit, right? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, it was a couple of years ago we were watching one. And, and uh, somebody, uh, somebody on the, the program talked about their forever house or their forever home. I thought, that's kind of a, I'd never heard that before. I have since heard it a number of times, people talking about their forever home. Anyone else heard that? That's their forever home, right? Um, their forever home. So I looked up the definition. It's one of the great things about Google, right? Looked up the definition of forever homes. One person said a forever home is different than a starter home in that it lasts forever. Um, another said, another person said this, a forever house or a forever home is a house that you will never in a bajillion years move out of. <laughs> yeah, right. You'll be doing well if you are there for 30 years. But Jesus is preparing my forever home. Jesus is preparing your forever home. Isn't that wonderful news? No mortgage, no upkeep, good neighbors. We have a forever home. These bodies, someday, we're not going to carry these bodies forever. Glory to God. We're not going to carry these scars forever. Glory to God. We're not going to carry those painful memories forever. Glory to God. What a wonderful place that will be in my and in your forever home. So I look forward to the wonders of heaven. The few decades of this life will soon be over. And even at the longest life, it's just a few decades. But the greatest thing, by the way, that we will experience in heaven can begin right now. I mentioned earlier 
that what I'm looking forward to more than anything in heaven is to see Jesus, but I can experience the presence of Jesus right now. I don't have to wait until I get to heaven. When I gave my heart to Jesus Christ many years ago, some of you, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you began experiencing the presence of Jesus Christ. You don't start experiencing His presence when you breathe your last. You experience His presence right now. Jesus in your heart. That begins now. In heaven, we will connect with other believers. We'll live, again, just down a golden street for them, and we will be together forever. But you can begin that relationship now. Oh, there are people that have... Some of you have affected my life so much. I've affected yours. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna live there forever. But glory to God, we get to experience some life together now. It doesn't begin just when I die. It begins now. In heaven, there will be perfect peace. Think of that. There will no longer be peace accords or peace negotiations or ceasefires. We will no longer have people giving the peace sign or just hoping for some degree of peace. Oh, in heaven we'll have a wonderful, perfect peace. But there is a peace that can begin right now in my heart. A peace in knowing that I am in God and He is in me. There's a peace in knowing that, that I, I don't know what's going to happen in our nation, in our world, in our community, in our economy. I don't know about all of that, but I have a peace knowing that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. There's a lot of things about tomorrow I don't understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. He holds me. In heaven there will be no more sin. No more sin. No more temptation and no more sin. But because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, those sins can be forgiven now. 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 Friends, every person listening, every person who will ever listen to this message, I need to tell you that you are going to live forever. Remember, you had a definite beginning, but you have an infinite existence. Your life began at the moment of conception, but you will never die. Your, your body will die, but your spirit, the eternal part of you, is going to live forever in one place or another. For while this message is not about hell, I need to tell you that there are only two eternal destinations. There is a heaven to, get, to, to gain, and there is a hell to avoid. And the only way that we can go to heaven to be with the Father is through Jesus Christ. The only way that you can escape an eternity, a foreverness in hell, is through Jesus Christ. And so I want to pray with you. You're going to live forever, but I want to pray with you. There are perhaps some here in this room or some listening who are not sure. But Jesus did not die on that cross and be raised from the dead to give us a big, I hope so, or maybe. Jesus died to give us the assurance of salvation so that you can know, I'm not there yet, but my name is written down. I'm going to ask that across this room, every person bow their heads. I am going to ask that those of you that are joining us online, that you keep watching me. But you're included in this as well. 
for those of you who aren't sure and you wonder if you'll make it to heaven. You wonder where you will spend eternity. I want you to have the assurance and that assurance can come today. It begins quite simply with asking Jesus into your heart to come in and be your Lord and Savior. So before we go any further, if that is you and you say, I, I want to I know for sure. I want to know for sure. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I recognize that he's the only way. If that's you, would you do two things here in the room? Would you do two things? Would you first of all lift up your heads, open your eyes, look at me, and then lift up your hands so I can identify you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray with you. Is there anyone here on the main level? I'm starting on my left, your right. Is there anyone here in this section? Just looking across. Just lift up your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Just lift up your hands. I want uh, in the balcony. There's some of you that are joining us online, right where you are. I want you to do this. I want you to just even to yourself or to the person next to you. Yeah, just say, that's me. And today, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. You don't need to be here in the room. What happens is between you and the Lord, He's the one that does the work. That can happen right where you are. You may be driving down the road listening to this. But this is the day. Surrender your life to Jesus. So here in the room or electronically, would you just quite simply just repeat this prayer after me, this heartfelt, and if you pray it, God will do it. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I surrender my life to you. I can't fix myself, but you can. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Wash my spirit clean. I want to be in heaven with you. I want to live with you forever. And it begins today as I surrender my life believe that you died on the cross and you rose from the dead for me. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, maybe there have been some things that have happened and maybe you prayed something like that a long time ago, but today with heart sincerity, you ask Jesus into your heart. I don't know what it's like. I don't know who writes it down, but your name was just written down in heaven. The reservations are made. Oh, we have a lot to look forward to, but he's still going to use us here. He's not done with you here. Until you breathe your last breath, he has a plan for you. And then when this life is over, we have forever. made that prayer this morning, there's a little 
step in a little sheet of paper in front of you in that rack in front of you and it says next steps talks about salvation there's a little place there where you can mark and just give your name we want to put some materials in your hands if you're joining us online and uh, you did that there's a place for you to click and respond we want to pray with you as well hallelujah glory to god how many here are looking forward to heaven Okay, some of you aren't, but we'll stand with me. All right. Stand with me, would you? No. I believe that you are. Ah, thank God for life, and life is good. And life is good in South Dakota, and life is good in this region. And life is good wherever we are in this world. It's got its challenges, but, oh, it pales in comparison to what it's going to be. Let me pray over you. These altars are going to be open as always. If you want to come and pray, spend some more time just with the Lord, please, please feel free to do so. And uh, But let's pray together. Jesus, I ask now your blessing upon every person here. I ask, Jesus, that you will uh, use them in the time that we have. And Lord, we pray right now across this room, wherever we are, we pray right now for that loved one. Lord, we pray them, we, we, we mention their name even very quietly to ourselves. Would you do that? Lord, we, we just, we, we commit that person to you right now, Lord. I don't know about them, but I, I, I wonder about their eternal life, and so we pray for them. It may be, Lord, a, a, a husband or a wife or a child or a friend or a neighbor or a coworker or a colleague, but we pray for them so that they too will live forever with you. Lord, would you use us in taking this message to them? You long for them to be with you forever as well. And so we pray these things. Lord, again, use my brothers and sisters across this region. Use them wherever they are to be your hand extended. Use them, Lord so that lives will be changed through the power of Jesus Christ. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I want you to go in the power and in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ.